Good morning. It's Christmas Sweater Sunday, and some of you have definitely outdone yourselves. Just fabulous. After we decided to have Christmas Sweater Sunday, I realized I don't have a Christmas sweater. I have sweaters that I got for Christmas. So so I wore a sweater that I got for Christmas. Some of you did really great and are going to be a little distracting this morning as I have to talk to you. But you look great in your Christmas sweaters. I'm so glad that you are here. We are focusing on the bright side. Your Christmas sweaters certainly have brightened up our day today. But in in December, this series, we're focusing on the bright side because we've all had plenty to be disappointed in. We've had plenty to grieve. We had, we've had lots of heavy things to deal with in 2020. And so we're looking back on 2020 and, and considering where we are here December 2020, and we're, we're reminding ourselves that in spite of all of that, there's some really good things to be grateful for. Christmas 2020. There are some bright side issues, and so let's try, at least for the month of December, let's try to focus on those. Now, I'm going to get to the bright side in just a minute. For what I'm going to talk about today, I want to wade through the not-so-bright side and then come to the bright side in just a minute. I don't know if you have some sort of 2020 disappointment ranking system um, of your disappointments this year. Like, I don't know if you've taken the time to assign them uh, an order, sort of, sort of like a top 10 list of your biggest disappointments in uh, 2020. Start with 10 and work your way to this was the biggest disappointment, frustration of 2020, or like the college playoff selection committee, maybe view yourself that way. You pick the four playoff disappointments and then the, the top 25 disappointments. Or uh, another idea would be to, to do it like the NCAA college basketball bracket system. Just have 64 disappointments all pitted against each other, and then the winners advance until you get to the semifinals, and then you crown a disappointment champion for the year. You might want to do it. I mean, obviously, it sounds like a a wonderfully encouraging thing to do as we wrap up the year. Um, For me, not that I've gone through that whole process, but for me, there is a disappointment champion of the year. Um, uh, Aside from in all seriousness, aside from the loss of life, and we've just seen way too much of that in 2020, aside from that, the the greatest disappointment for me, if I were ranking them, working towards a disappointment championship, would be the relational conflict and division we've seen in 2020. Like the, the, the way people have kind of gone at each other in 2020. I think for most of us sitting here, maybe all of us, I think for most of us sitting here, as we come to December 2020, as we come to the end of 2020, we would, most of us would say there have been people who have hurt us this year. Um, there are people who have surprised us and not in a good way in 2020. There, there are people who have disappointed us um, there, there are people who have, have caused us grief and pain. There's been this relational conflict. 
some of us might even say, there are people that a year ago we were close to or we were friends with or we were friendly acquaintances with and for reasons throughout the year of 2020, we've stepped back from them this year. We, we've, uh, maybe for our own health reasons, right? Maybe for our own emotional, maybe it's a, a bit of self-protection. That throughout 2020, there, there have been people that we've had to say, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to step back from that. I, I, I'm going to put some distance here. In 2020, we, we've seen such varied opinions about pretty much everything. And, and in a way, unlike, I think, a lot of other years, people have become extremely rigid in their opinions, right? Extremely rigid in their sides. I, I, I don't have to say it, but you know it's true. Everything in 2020, it seems like, became very politicized and so... People lined up behind their person, lined up behind their platform, lined up behind their party. And whatever the issue was, they found out what that group was going to decide and they lined up behind that. And we just kept sort of lining up in our lines and staying in our lines and being the enemies of people who were in other lines. It seemed that 2020 made it more difficult to allow for other opinions. I don't think I'm alone. Like In ways that I don't remember it happening before, we seemed to find it difficult to allow someone to disagree with us and still be their friend and, and still have a relationship with them and, and still not think they were the Antichrist right, or the devil or some horrible human being. The ability to do that throughout 2020 seemed to be less and less and less. Biblical ideas like considering others ahead of ourselves seem to kind of be lost, even among people who call themselves Christians. Um, Biblical ideas such as sacrificing for the good of other people for the most part, our society just seemed to forget that sort of thing. Paul's idea of it, it's okay for me to restrict some of my freedoms if it's for your good, then I would be willing to do that. New Testament, Paul, biblical ideas like that. We just kind of lost track of those on the whole. I'm speaking in generalities, obviously. Um, this is just my theory. I can't remember if I've shared this publicly or just in one-on-one conversations. Um, my theory is the physical distance that we experienced at times in 2020, and still do to some extent, contributed to all of this. We weren't seeing each other. We weren't with each other. I couldn't see you when you read what I wrote, right, or what I posted. Like, I didn't see how that hurt you. You didn't see how what you said to me hurt me because we were doing it electronically. We weren't with each other. I didn't have to look you in the eye. I didn't have to see that I had hurt you and then respond immediately to say, I'm sorry, I said that too strongly or that's not what I meant. Let me explain. Because of that, that physical distance, I think the divisions, the conflict that we experience relationally 
just kind of grew and grew and grew. And, and, and a lot of times we never circle back to it. Like we never came back to saying, you know, I think we need to talk about this. I, th- I think we need to sit down about the, the distance just continued to grow. And, and, and so, again, I, I think most of us would say, December 13th, 2020, there are people that I've distanced myself from that I was somewhat close to a year f- ago, or, or that I considered a friend, a friendly acquaintance. I, I was listening to a podcast two weeks ago about churches and the church and, and how churches are navigating 2020 and the pandemic and restarting and, and all the things that still are to come as it relates to uh, the pandemic and political issues and, and, and that sort of thing. And they made a statement that uh, some research had been done on churches and church people, and they found that of the people who attended a specific church prior to the pandemic, uh, they had a church that they went to. 20% of people will never go back to that church again. A fit. 20% of people who went to a specific church will never go back to that church again. And, and some of it is what we've been talking about. Some of it is they got hurt by someone. They, they got into conflict with someone during what everything we've experienced in 2020 and they don't want to go back. Um, uh, they got angry with someone and they don't want to go back. So, some of it, let's be honest, some of it is habits have changed. Like for some people, it, 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 this just isn't a priority anymore. right? Their, their weekends have filled up with other things. And uh, the spirituality, God, church just isn't on the radar anymore, but, but some of it, maybe most of it, is relational conflict that they had during 2020 with somebody else in the church and they don't want to go back. Or another big piece of this, uh, I feel certain, is that some of it is the fact that churches and, and church leaders had to make a lot of decisions in 2020 that we've never had to make before. And we didn't have a lot of information every time we made those decisions. And then we had to make another one with very little information. And then we had to make another one with very little information. And so uh, church leaders and churches made decisions all throughout 2020 that we've never made before. And for some people, they disagreed with decisions that were made. One or two or all of them. Right There, there were some people who felt like the church shouldn't open back up for in-person services. And then there were people who felt like the church has waited too long to open back up for in-person services. And then there were people who felt like the churches should have never stopped having in-person services. Or they felt like the church wasn't taking enough precautions. Or they felt like the church was taking too many precautions. Or they felt like the church shouldn't take any precautions. Or they felt like the church should ask everybody to wear a mask. Or they felt like we shouldn't ask anybody to make to wear a mask, and everybody should stop wearing masks. There was this constant conflict. And and for 20% of the people who attended a given church, like this church, according to the research, they're never going back to that church. 
Now, for me, again, I don't know how your ranking system works as far as 2020 disappointments. For me, other than the loss of life, nothing is sadder than the broken relationships that have been experienced this year. Than people who just got sideways with other people. Nothing is sadder to me than people who attended our church one year ago and they'll never ever come back for some reason of relational conflict. Nothing is sadder to me than people who were friends, people who were close, people who were in community, no longer sharing their lives together. Mostly, if we're honest, mostly over differences of opinions that we will never, ever, ever know who was right and who was wrong. For the most part, it was a side, it was an opinion, it was an idea, and we will never, ever know who was right or wrong. The, the champion disappointment for me, you're welcome to have your own, but number one, national champion, get the t-shirt, relational division. Now, what's the bright side of all of that? How does that lead us to some positive? And it's this, and, and it's a bit of a paradox, because in a year where there was so much conflict and relational tension, relationships is also one of the things people point to as the bright side of 2020, right? In, in this way, the relational bright side of 2020 is that even though some people left us, some people stayed, didn't they? And the relational bright side, with all of the hurt and anger, is that, yeah, some people walked away. Some people got in conflict. But I bet for all of us, we look at our lives and we know there are people who showed up this year in my life. There are people who were strengths to me in my life. Again, it's this strange paradox. When you ask people, what was good about 2020? Most people say some form of relationships. People will say, well, we spent more time with our family this year than I ever remember us spending. We cooked more meals at home. We ate around the table a lot more. We played in the yard. Some people will say, I know more of my neighbors now. Or, I talk to my neighbors more than I've ever talked to my neighbors in years past. This year full of relational carnage in some ways, relational conflict in some ways, was also a year of relational building in some ways. Some people intentionally stayed in touch with people that were closest to them. And, and so, for a while, it had to be over Zoom, and for a while, it had to be over FaceTime and over the Internet. But people made specific steps to make sure that they stayed in contact with people. So some of us found people that we could have conversations with offline that helped us survive all the conversations that were going on online. Right? That was the person we could talk to and we could be honest with and, and, and we didn't post it and it wasn't public. It was just private conversations that were nurturing to our hearts and to our souls. As difficult relationally as 2020 has been, most people 
point to a few key relationships and say, you know what? This was a bright side of this year. I found some people this year. My relationship deepened with some people. Yes, there were people who left, but there were people who stayed. There were people that you probably lost respect for in 2020, but I bet there were people you gained respect for too. There were people that made 2020 difficult, but there were people in your life and in my life that helped us survive. On the bright side, there are people who stayed in relationship with you this year. When I think about the Christmas story, Jesus is obviously the central character. He is obviously the main point. Uh, Other than Jesus, the central character, I think we would all agree, is Mary. The most prominent person in the story. This is how uh, the angel tells her story in Luke chapter 1, beginning in verse 26. Luke chapter 1 Beginning in verse 26, in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. This virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored, the Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. No one uh, in January or February, no one had COVID-19 on their calendar, right? A year ago, no, none of us had that on our calendar. And Mary did not have conceived the Savior of the world as a virgin on her calendar either. It wasn't penciled in. It wasn't in pen. It didn't show up until one moment when an angel came to her and said, Your plans are about to change. Your calendar is about to change. Everything you knew is about to change. And we don't have a record of how everyone responded to her, but I think it's safe to say that not everyone responded with an encouraging word to her. When she tried to explain what had happened to her, not everybody stayed in Mary's life. I I would imagine there were certain people she didn't even waste her time trying to explain it to because she knew they weren't going to get it. They weren't going to be supportive. They weren't going to be encouraging. There were whispers. There was finger pointing. There were people who left her life. There were people who walked away. They had their opinion of her. They left and they never returned. It was probably more than 20% of the people in her life who walked away. But on the bright side, when you read the story of Christmas, when you read the story of Mary, there were people who stayed. In the hardest of circumstances, in the circumstances that were impossible to fully explain, there were people who stayed. In Mary's life. Let me give you three types of people, and I'll give you character examples. These aren't the only categories. These are three that I see in the Christmas story. One of them is 
people who offer understanding, the people who stay in our life, the people we want in our life, the people who help us get through difficult times just like Mary had, are the people who, who offer understanding. And I don't mean they understand exactly what you're going through. I don't mean they've had the exact experience that you've had, but they offer empathy. I mean, they know enough, they understand enough to say, I get it, and I'm with you. I understand, and I'm staying. The scripture we just read mentioned Elizabeth, who actually was related to Mary. Elizabeth's husband had been visited by an angel. They were having a a supernatural child, right? They They were way too old to be having kids. An angel shows up. They've been wanting kids their whole life. They'd given up on hope. And an angel shows up and says, it's going to happen. I know you're not going to be able to explain it to everybody. I know everybody's not going to be able to understand. It's going to happen. You're going to have a son, and you're going to name him John. And nobody was going to understand that either because John was not a name and Zechariah's family. So there was all of this unexplainable events that went along with Elizabeth's pregnancy too. And so when Mary and Elizabeth talked, Elizabeth was able to say, I get it. I understand. Our stories aren't exactly the same, but I believe you. I know what you're feeling. You're not crazy. Don't let anybody tell you you're crazy. I understand. People who just offer understanding. You may have had people like that in your life this year. And if you did, you can look on the bright side. If you had people who said to you, whatever you went through in 2020, I get it. You're not crazy. I'm with you. I'm on your side. I believe you. I'm here. I see you. That's that's a bright side person. That's a good thing to have in difficult moments. And, And not only did Mary have that, God directs Mary to that person, right? It's the graciousness of God that says to Mary, hey, go talk to her. This is in verse 36, Luke chapter 1, verse 36. The angel is giving Mary all of this incredible information in the middle of the shock, in the middle of this strange story, the angel says, even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she who was said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month. What a gracious gift from God to say, hey, you need to go talk to that person. Hey, you need to go hang out with that person because they get it. They understand you. They understand God. They understand these circumstances. Would you go be with them? Go hang out with them. If you had that person in your life in 2020, you had a good thing. If you had somebody who would just say, I don't claim to understand everything about your circumstance, but I'm with you. I'm on your side. To offer empathy to you. That's a good thing. Another person. People who are steady and consistent. When everyone else is losing their mind, they're steady. And in, in, in 2020, it's not that that type of person wasn't concerned. It wasn't that they didn't have their own anxieties and their own fears. And, 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 and they weren't just as confused as everyone else. But you knew... They were not going to swing to each end of the spectrum. They were just going to be consistent. They were going to be faithful. They were going to be steady. You could count on them. 
When everybody else was losing their mind, they didn't. They brought a calmness to 2020. If you had that person, I don't know if you did or not, if you had that person, you had a good thing in 2020. When I read the Christmas story, the person I think of that was most like that was, was Joseph. And we don't know much about Joseph. Uh, Joseph never speaks. Like, we don't ever hear the voice of Joseph. He interacts and he shows up. He never speaks anything. He's just steady. Uh, we, don't, we don't know anything about Joseph's life after Jesus' childhood, which leads many people to, lead, to believe that somewhere between Jesus' childhood and Jesus' adult ministry, Joseph had passed away. But when you read the Christmas story, what you find is this silent, steady, consistent person. Story of Joseph, Matthew chapter 1. This is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. He was faithful to the law. That was Joseph, just steady. He did the right thing. He thought things through. If you were a fiancé, you were in Joseph's position, uh, you would feel uh, the ultimate sense of betrayal when Mary shared her story with you, right? I mean, like we had talked about our future together. Like we had made plans. We, I, I, you said yes. Like we had a whole future. Like this was the ultimate moment of betrayal if you're in Joseph's shoes. And, and yet, even with that, Joseph wanted to handle it the right way. Here's how the story continues. But after Joseph had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. When Jesus woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife, but he did not consummate their marriage until she gave birth to a son, and he gave him the name Jesus. Joseph just did the right thing. This is the right... I don't understand it all. I don't have all of the answers. I'm just as nervous about this as you are but he just did the right thing. Now, every time Joseph shows up in the story, he's leading quietly, confidently, faithfully. He, Joseph cares for Mary all the way to Bethlehem, right? They get there. There's no room in the inn. It's, it's, it's Joseph who has to kind of take matters into his own hands, be the protector Mary really didn't even have to go to Bethlehem with Joseph. It was Joseph's family that needed to be counted, and yet, yet Mary apparently wanted to be with him. This is the safe place that Joseph was for Mary. This was the steady confidence she had in Joseph. Herod decides to kill all of the newborns. Joseph leads his family to Egypt and protects them there. He was, seems to me to be this safe, steady consistent person in Mary's life. And maybe there was some, someone like that in your life. They were safe and steady 
and consistent, and they didn't swing all over the map. Every time some new piece of information came in, you even looked at them at times and thought they were rather boring, right? We sometimes say those people are boring, but there are times we need boring. We need consistent. We need the same. We need steady. As wild as this year has been, if you had a person like that that kept bringing you back to center, that kept calming you down, that kept getting you back on track, that's a good thing. That's a bright side in 2020. One more. The person who showed up unexpectedly at just the right time. Maybe you had some of those in 2020. Maybe they didn't stay long. But there was just a moment you needed to hear something. You needed to bounce something off of somebody. You needed the right word. And this person showed up and said it. And then they kind of disappeared. The story of Jesus' birth has that. In the middle of Luke chapter 2, Mary and Joseph go to the temple to present Jesus, dedicate Jesus as was the Old Testament law, the Old Testament custom that the firstborn would be given to God and would be bought back with an offering. And so Mary and Joseph go to the temple and they bring their offering expecting, on the one hand, yes, for this to be a a meaningful moment for their family, expecting for this to be a, a spiritual moment for their family. But what they didn't know was that Simeon and Anna were going to be there. Simeon was a a very old guy. And the Holy Spirit had come to Simeon at one time and kind of whispered in his ear, you're not going to die until you see the Messiah. And so his whole life he'd been watching for the Messiah. And on that day, Luke tells us, the Spirit of God just prompted him to go to the temple. Like no reason, just I'm supposed to go to the temple today. And Simeon goes to the temple and Mary and Joseph walk in and he immediately knows this is the Savior of the world. And he comes over to them, and we would never allow this in our day, and certainly not in the middle of a pandemic, but he takes the child, he holds the child, and he begins to pray over Jesus, he begins to prophesy over Jesus of who this child was going to be. And with all of the craziness of what Mary and Joseph had just experienced, I have to believe there was this confirmation in their heart from this stranger, like somebody that just shows up out of the blue And just confirms God's doing something here. All that you've experienced, all that no one else has understood about your life over the last year, it's God. He's in it. Keep believing, keep trusting, keep being faithful. And, And maybe there was someone like that for you this year. Maybe it was totally unexpected. Maybe it was somebody you knew, but they just spoke an unexpected word at the right time for you this year to say, hey, God's, God's in control. Hey, you, don't, you don't have to be afraid. You don't have to be anxious all the time. You can trust God. He loves you. He has a plan for you. Sometimes those unexpected people and unexpected moments that show up at just the right time is exactly what our heart needs to build our faith when times are hard. All three of these characters, Elizabeth, Joseph, and and Simeon, they all share one thing in common. They were people who hear from God and then point people to God. People who hear from God and point us to God. Elizabeth and Joseph heard the message of God from an angel. Simeon had heard from God through the Holy Spirit. And so when they encountered Mary, they said, listen, 
We're listening to God. We're walking closely with God and we affirm this is what God's saying in your life. In 2020 and always, you and I need to be close to people who hear from God and point us to God. Hear from God and point us to God. So that when they speak to us, we know that they're speaking out of a a closeness with their Father. They're speaking because they live their life in conversation with a holy God. We, We need those people. And I realize, as we come to the end of 2020, there are a lot of fractured relationships. There are a lot of relationships that just kind of have a huge question mark over them, don't they? When I talk to other people, other pastors, when I talk to other pastors and we all ask each other the same thing, how's your church doing, how's your church doing? And one of my consistent responses is, look, I don't even know who goes to our church anymore. December 20, after this year, I I don't even know who's still here. I mean, I see some people, I I, I know a couple people who are still here. I see some people on Sunday, but there's like this whole group of people, I don't even know. Like so many of our relationships, as we get to the end of 2020, they have this big question mark. But, But if... If you've got some relationships that there's a big period on there, there's a big exclamation point. There's been people in 2020 who said, look, I'm not leaving. I'm staying. And, and, and maybe we can disagree, but I'm staying. Maybe we're working through some stuff, but I'm staying. I'm on your side. I'm with you. We have way too much history to throw it away based on a -a once-in-a-lifetime event that none of us are going to ever understand. That's a good thing. That's a good thing. I I, want to say to you, I I, want to say to you that you're some of those people to me. You stay. You're here. Those of you that are physically here, we have people that join us almost every week online. And they comment in the comment section and they like and they share and they're here. They're present. They stayed. And I know people have reasons for not staying. This is this is not about that. This is for me to say to you, thank you. For staying. Thank you that this being with God's people in a crazy time and worshiping together and just continuing to come back to God's word together is important. You you stayed. I'm so grateful for that. If there are people who stayed in your life, encouraged you, there are people you leaned on this year and you haven't said thank you, this would be a good week to do that. This would be a good week to say to somebody, thank you for just being steady because I wasn't steady this year, so I'm so grateful that you were steady. 
Thank you for offering me understanding. Maybe I didn't always deserve it, but you offered understanding. Thank you for showing up, sometimes out of the blue, just at right, the right moment and saying what my heart needed here. Thank you. I mean, when we come to the end of just a crazy year, we shouldn't let it pass without being grateful for the people who helped us. Above all, I'm grateful that God stayed. I mean, Jesus came to be with us. Emmanuel, God with us. He came to stay. He came to be with us. And as we come to the end of this year, as we, as we continue to walk through Christmas 2020, let's be reminded for everything that happened this year, God stayed. God didn't abandon us. God didn't walk away. God didn't get mad at us. God didn't say, oh, that's so stupid. Why, do you, why are you doing that? God, God just stayed in with us. God came to be with us. The band's going to come out after I pray. They're going to sing a song about the fact that God stayed. That God came to be with us. And we don't want you to stand. We don't want you to sing. Just sit in the beautiful assurance that God is here and God is with you. And in spite of all the struggles and all the chaos and all the broken relationships you or I may have experienced in 2020, God stayed. God, we're so grateful. At the end of this year of hard things and hard moments, and hard task and brokenness that you stayed. You stayed and walked every day, every moment. You saw every anxious thought that we had. We didn't always recognize you were there, but you were. You stayed. And we don't want to let this season pass without acknowledging that there were some people that got us through 2020. There were some people who showed up when we needed it, who were anchors and rocks for us. That's a good thing from this year. We are blessed if we had some of those people this year. So help us to see this year on the bright side. I pray it in Jesus' name, amen.